Morning. I can tell by how quickly y'all sit down, you're tired. <laughs> so I'm thrilled to be here again this morning. And again, the sovereignty of God just continues to amaze me. As I was beginning to pull this, just tie the bow on this last night, it came to me in the shower that you guys already have. I'd forgotten the armor of God. Who's the sweet young lady who let me borrow your cards? Where, where are you at? I'm, I'm using somebody's cards. Thank you. Okay. I'm using her card, so I have what you have, and we're going to talk about those today. But before we do, I want to pray again. Father, you are all we need. Father, I know the campers are tired and weary this morning. The counselors are. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We ask that you do the work that only you can do in this place. Father, I'm no good without you. I'm nothing without you. I pray you just use me as your mouthpiece. Speak truth to these girls. Encourage their hearts. Lead us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so leading up to this point, we've talked about much about Jesus. All right, we talked about whether you know him or know of him. And then we said, for those who do know him, we've been encouraged through Colossians to walk in him. And then we spent a good deal of time just taking apart a little bitty set of verses in Ephesians 5.15. I'm going to reread to you again. It says, pay careful attention then how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of time because the days are evil. So we talked about whether you walk wisely or foolishly. How you spend your time determines that. And then last night we looked at a really good classic example of making the most of our time, what's most important. And I asked you and challenged you yesterday to look at your own priorities and to be prayerful. I'm not going to ask you to give me a revised list, but I do challenge you to look at your top five priorities, the things that are most important to you, in light of what we talked about and even how Ms. Sue reminded us this morning that through the power of the Holy Spirit, and when we put the, keep the main thing the main thing, and that is Jesus and our time with him first, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can accomplish so much more. God will multiply your time if you will give him first what is due him. Same with your money. Time is a commodity. Time is a resource, okay? So we've been looking, we've been walking through this little set of verses here, and now we get to the end of these verses. It says, because the days are evil. Now listen. I don't have to tell you the days are dark. All you got to do is flip on the news, listen to the radio, take a quick scroll through social media, and it's more than my, I can stomach. I, listen, I thought last night just, out of just, just so I'd have a fresh example, I was scrolling through last night, I flipped on Fox News on my phone, and a woman, I didn't even read the article, I just saw her face. I thought about showing it up here, but I thought it might scare some of you, so I opted not to, but I'll just tell you, it was scary. And she, uh, in an outrage, bit uh, an authority's thumb so hard that she broke a bone. Crazy town, right? I don't know what the woman did. She was, bring, she was brought under arrest. She got mad, had an outburst, bit the authority's finger and broke it. Crazy, right? Now, that's, that's mild, considering, considering some of the things that we could look at. But what I want to do today, it's, we're not going to debate whether or not it is or is not dark, okay? And sadly, we do have to discuss this part because it is real. And we got to know what we got to do about it. We got to know how to keep, listen, we can't just tap out and stay at home because school is a scary place or, 
or the world is a dark place, we've got to, we've got to have a strategy and a plan. So today we're kind of going to talk battle plan, okay, because the fight is on. And, and, and as Miss Kathy and I were talking even over breakfast, listen, we battle not against flesh and blood. I, listen, I'm, I'm not a gamer. My kids aren't really gamers, but I, I know enough about gaming. And I know, like with Minecraft, and y'all might can help me out here, but there's like different levels, right? Like I've, I've seen it on commercials, and I see just the different levels. Like you can see this one, but then there's something going on down here, and then there's something going on down here. It's, it's multi-layered, right, in different parts of it. And you can be flying up here, and then you can kind of see what's going on in two or three different levels of it. That's exactly what's going on in real life. You see these girls here beside you, and you see your counselors, but what you can't see is the battle that's raging in this room even now. The battle for your mind, the battle for your heart, and the battle for your soul. It's real. Again, not a fairy tale. Scripture tells us in Ephesians, I want you to go ahead and turn there because it's just a few verses down from where we've been reading. Go on to Ephesians because we're going to spend some time there this morning. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 6 because I want you to know what's going on again in real life. It's going on right now. Yes, this verse was written long, long time ago. But it's still very, very applicable for today. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 6 and I want you to look at verse 12. Okay? Because we got to, it's kind of like, you know, if you're going to play a game, you got to know the rules of the game, right? Like last night, I was watching some of you play life. I don't know how to play life. <laughs> I still say lots of times I don't know how to play my own life. But I certainly don't know how to play the board game life. But, you know, if I knew the rules, then I might know how to play. So the thing is, you kind of got to know what, what the game is, what the rules are, and what we're up against, so then we can derive a plan. We can get a battle strategy. Okay? So we're looking at what we're up against, and that's in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. And here's what it says. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So what I want you to see there, what that's telling us is there's a whole lot more going on than what you can see with your eyes. That there's a battle raging against the spirits in the spirit world, truly. And I know that's kind of mind-boggling for some of you, particularly maybe who haven't been in church and you've maybe never heard this before. But I just want you to know that there's more going on than what you see. And if you read in Romans, there's a, there's a verse that talks about how I... He says, I want to do what I don't want to do, and then I do what I don't want to do. A lot of times, that's how we feel. I know I do as a woman. I, I want to do things, and then I, I want to do right, and I want to speak up, and I want to stand up for Christ, and I want to be kind, and then all of a sudden, I'm acting all crazy and whacked out and mean, and I'm like, what? Because there's a raging war going on every day for your soul and mine. Every day. And it's not one we can just win, and all right, we win, and it's over. We're fighting this battle that it speaks of in this verse until Jesus comes back. So that's where we're at, girls. That's the war that we're in, all right? And that's why there are dark things that it spoke of in Ephesians 5, 15, and 16. 
Make the most of every opportunity, for the days are dark. I want you to just to tell me. I want you to get engaged here, and I want you to tell me some of the dark things that you see. Now, if you want to say it's in your own life, fine, but if you just see it going on in your school, I want to hear from you. What are some dark things that we see going on? And we're going to get a battle plan, all right? Tell me, give me some dark things. Shootings, school shootings. Goodness gracious. All right? What else? Drugs. Oh, my goodness, yes. What else? Yeah, shootings, alcohol, drugs. What else? Suicide. What else? Bullying. What else is dark in your world? Depression. Thank you. What else? Mm-hmm. What else? Peer pressure. Peer pressure. Anything else off the top of your head? Did you say abortion? Yep. What else? Okay, there we go. Count me if I don't spell things right. I've only had one cup of coffee this morning. All right, so there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'd say that would probably be your top ten. The only things I don't see in here, body image, self-worth, um... What else did I think of? Comparison. Wouldn't you say comparison is a, is a dark thing that many of us deal with? Maybe you have regrets. So I'm going to write just a few more over here. I'm going to write comparison because that one's a real, that's a real problem. Comparison, regret, over past mistakes is what I mean by that. Okay? Well, that didn't take us long, did it? To make a whole list of darkness. Okay, now some of you are dealing with one of these. Some of you are dealing with one to three. And some of you sadly could tell me you know somebody in your life, in your circle, and you're dealing with every one of these. Y'all, that's heavy. That's a lot of stuff to carry around. That's a lot of junk. Here's the things I want you to know, first of all. Okay, as we talked the very first night, God is perfect. The crown that I showed you, God is king. God's way is perfect. Sin separated us from him. That's why these things feel heavy. That's why people do these things in the dark. Because these things separate us from a holy God. Some of you in here feel very separated when we are separated from a holy God because of these things, we want to hide. We just don't really want to let people in our circle. We just want to stay at home and just stay on our phone. And, and then maybe nobody will ask me any questions and nobody will try to get in my business. And nobody will shed light on my dark places. Now, here's what else I don't think is on here. Something that I got opened my eyes to, self-harm and cutting. I'm going to put it up here because I will tell you, last year when I was here, God 
opened my eyes to what a real problem that is. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I'll guarantee at least one in five of you in here have cut or know a cutter. Darkness. These things are sin. These things are the effects of sin. These things separate us or our loved ones from a holy God. So how do we fight against these things? That's what we're talking about this morning. I'm going to help you find and establish a battle plan so that when you go back home and you hit these things head on or you go back to school here in just a few weeks and your friends talk these things and do these things and are experiencing these things, you're going to be able to help them. Because again, this week, our whole purpose at camp, one, is to know Christ. For those of you who know Christ, we want you to know him better. How do you know him better? By getting into his word, doing what Jesus did. Miss Sue, what was it again yesterday? Uh, what, WWJD, what would, Je- what would Jesus do? Or Walk with Jesus daily. Walk with Jesus daily. You might want to write that down. She gave me that after. Walk with Jesus daily. If you are walking with Jesus daily and doing the, and you are this jar, you are going to be much more equipped and able to fight against these things. If you are not walking with Jesus daily, you are going to be as weak as a kitten and you will be defeated. You will lose the battle. You will lose the war. We do not have the strength. Listen, I hear all the time, and you say, that may sound hard, things that are doable but not sustainable. What that means is that you might can hang in here and fight against these things in your own strength for a little while, but apart from the power of the Holy Spirit living in you, you will eventually lose. I commend those of you who have already said, I will stay sexually pure into marriage because you've already got a plan. The Bible says the people without a plan shall perish. You know what that means? If you don't have a plan, you're going to lose. So we're going to establish a plan today on how to fight against these things. If you're cutting, we're going to show you how to stop cutting. Here's why you cut. Maybe you don't even know. Some of you cut because, or your friends cut, because they've been traumatized. They have been abused, they have been neglected, and bad things have happened to them, so they have shut down their feelings. I had a three-year-old foster baby in my house. You know how many times he got shocked by my electric fence at my house? Eight times. One time he tried to bite it. The child did not feel pain. He had taught his body and he had told his brain, stop feeling. It hurts too much. So some of you have told your body and told your mind, stop feeling. It hurts too much. So maybe you cut just to see if you're still alive. Had a girl tell me that here in this place last year, out under one of these bushes. She did. She had on long spandex pants and wore a hoodie every day. And I finally got her to tell me. She said, I cut just to make sure I'm still alive. She numbed out because of the bad things that happened to her. Some of you cut or your friends cut because you want attention. It's trendy. Maybe it makes you look brave, risky, trendy, rogue, I don't know. Some of you cut just 
because there's lots and lots and lots of reasons. We could spend all day on that. Okay? But what I want you to know is that God's word says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And when you do self-harm to yourself, that is not honoring God. There are other ways to fight the pain than to harm yourself. And I want you to know that I, some of you may think that's trendy. Listen, self-mutilation has been around since the way back old times, Old Testament times. That's nothing new. School shootings, alcohol, drugs, suicide. We're going to look at some of these. How do we overcome? How do we fight? Well, here's how. <laughs> Here. How many of you got these little cards? You say, well, I just thought we were just supposed to memorize those cards. I thought those were good. Guess what? These are your battle plan. This was so perfect. Last night when I was in the shower, and I was thinking that's where the quiet times come and things come. And I was like, they already have the arm of God. Y'all have already got the battle plan. Because God goes before us, and he knew that we were going to get here. So... Ephesians 6.12 says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principality. So these things, these things aren't even the real, these things aren't even the real enemy. The, en the enemy is the devil. The devil is using these things to separate you from God. And the devil is using these things to keep you beat down so that you won't go out and share the gospel. The devil is using these things to make you feel like you're no good. Oh, Miss Carmen, if you, you just don't know, I, I do a lot of these things. I do, I am depressed. I do think about suicide a lot. I, God can't use me. Yes, he can. Now, this is what puts fire in my belly. Listen, when I go to the jail and I look at those women, they're your mama's ages. They're my age. Some of them are older than me. They're without teeth. Their faces are pitted. Drugs have ruined them. that are eating them from the inside out. And they say, you just don't know what I've done. I said, I don't care what you've done. They said, you just don't know what I've done. If you knew what I'd done, you'd know Jesus can't use me. Yes, he can. And God wants to use every single one of you and the stories that you're living. And I've talked to some of you, and you've been adopted, and you're in foster care, and maybe that's not ideal, and that's not the life you would have chosen. But I believe that God has brought us all here for such a time as this. We'll talk about Esther tonight for such a time as this because you're going to help me help Jackson. Your pain and your broken home and your broken heart because you're not living with who you want to be living with is going to help me help that baby. And don't that make it hurt just a little bit less? So if you're in a broken home and you're a foster child or you've been adopted and you feel abandoned, You've been lied to, mistreated. Guess what? God's going to use part of your story this week to encourage me so that I can encourage this baby when he's your age and he asks me, why didn't my mom and daddy want me? You're going to help me. And doesn't that make this matter? So what I want you to see is that yes, you're living in dark days, but our God is greater and he wins. The Bible says, take heart. He says, he says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Hey, he's telling us the rules of the game. In this world, you're going to have trouble. Girls, in this world, if you haven't experienced these things, if nobody's ever put a beer bottle up to your mouth or a cigarette up to your face or a joint up to your face or offered you pills, it's coming. I'll never forget the first time I was out and about and a guy stuck a cigarette up to my face. My parents smoked most of my life. 
Well, my dad on and off, and my mom, actually, I was in the first grade. I remember, I remember everyone, she just wake up, she had this horrible cough, and I was in the first grade. And I said, why do you cough like that? And she said she quit cold turkey. But I determined early on, like Miss Page has challenged you, I decided early on, I will never, I will never smoke a cigarette. And to this day, I'm 41, and I stand before you, and I've never took a puff off a cigarette. I decided then, I went, that wasn't going to be a part of my life. You're going to want to write this down. You never have to quit something you never start. You never have to quit something you never start. Thank you. I knew Miss Sue and I were friends. She has a turquoise bandana. It's adorable. You never have to quit something you never start. I tell my kids that about daily, at least twice a day. Because with foster kids, Jackson's the 34th foster child who's been through my home in two years. I've seen them from babies to 19-year-old single moms all the way down. Boys and girls, sibling sets, singles. And 100% of those 34 children, except Jackson, have been in my home because of drugs and alcohol. Drugs, alcohol, depression, anxiety. Their parents are addicted to drugs. They are anxious and depressed and cannot take care of their children. You can decide right now, I'm not going to let alcohol and drugs be a part of my life because I don't want my kids to end up in foster care. I want to be able to take care of my kids when I'm grown one day. So I'm deciding right now, I'm putting a stake in the ground, and those are not going to be a part of my life. You can decide that as much as you can decide you're going to remain sexually pure until you're married. The people without a plan shall perish, the Bible says. Make your plans today. So how do we survive? And what's our battle plan? Here it is. Shine the light. Shine the light. That's our battle plan. We're going to shine the light on these dark places. Listen, how many of you hate walking in the dark? Listen, I'm going to raise both hands. I live on a farm. I know that should be, like, silly. I love to be barefooted. I'd rather be barefooted than not, but I'm going to tell you what I'm not going to do. Walk in the dark. I just don't, I mean, step on a frog. Right, Rachel? Right. She's terrified of frogs. <laughs> We're going to shine the light. And guess what the light is? Guess who the light is? Jesus. He's the light of the world. He's the Son of God. S-O-N. But he's also, he's, he's, this bright, he's brighter than the sun. And the scripture says, where there is light, there is no darkness. Listen, if we could, I thought about it. I wished... I knew the lights and I knew the curtains were black and I thought, we'll just black this room out. But the other night when you guys were playing that game, when you were playing church and you were walking around camp, it was pretty dark. And, but, so if you even saw like a cell phone light, I mean, it lit, the minute light comes into the, comes into the area, darkness disappears. These two, pla these two things cannot be in the same place at the same time. It just can't. It won't work. Let me tell you a story. My son, Jake... My, my little cutie pie, he's 10. I've called him Mighty Mouse since time he was little because he is a feisty little rascal. But he's terrified. Here's how Satan tempts him. He is mighty in spirit. He is not afraid of anything. He will talk to anybody. He will do lots and lots and lots of crazy things. He swam across our pond. He was like barely four years old. Things like, but, he, but, but Satan tempts him with bad dreams. Jake can see, a, he can see a commercial with something creepy in it. And Satan will use that creepy commercial to terrorize him at night. 
I cannot even tell you. I don't have enough hands and toes to tell you how many times at night he's come into my room. My kids have never slept with me. I don't do that. He would come into my room and say, Mom, I've got a stomachache, which is a lie. He doesn't have a stomachache. And I tell him that. You're lying to me. You're afraid. So I get up and I go into his room and here's how we fight. Because you know what else is? We didn't write it on here. But you know what? Fear is of darkness too. Maybe you are afraid. We're gonna, I'm going to write that one pretty big because we're afraid of a lot of things. And I will tell you that for me too, the reason I, I, I get what Jake's going through is because before I came to know Christ, Satan also used bad dreams to torment me. I can tell you vividly when I was, before I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I dreamed in colors, red and black and spiders were in my dreams. I remember it clear as day. I would dream at night. I remember the bed I was in. Me and my two sisters slept in a full-size bed until I was 15 years old. We lived in a single wide trailer. And I, would, I remember two of us would lay one way and the other one would lay at the foot of the bed. And I would remember I would dream in red and black and spiders before I came to know Christ. And I was terrified. <coughs> the same thing happens with Jake. So here's our plan. When Jake comes into my room and tells me he has a stomachache, I pretty much call him a liar. I get up, I walk with him to his bedroom, and I say, we're ready, let's go to fight, let's fight. The very first verse that I hung on Jake's wall, it was on a little teacher, yellow teacher sentence strip that said, fear not, for I am with thee. You may want to write that down. Fear not, for I am with thee. It's in Isaiah, what is it? 41.10, there it is. Isaiah 41.10, you can just write I-S, 41.10. Fear not, for I am with thee. And I put that sentence strip on Jake's bed, right, I mean on his wall, right across from his bed. So he could lay in his bed and he could look at that verse. And before he could even read, he had that verse memorized. Fear not, I would touch the words, fear not, for I am with thee. And I'd say, Jake, what does that mean? He says, it means I'm not alone. That's right. Who's with you? Jesus is with me. That's right, son. You're going to need Jesus more than you need your mama. And girls, I'm telling you that too. You may want to write that one down. You need Jesus more than you need your mom. I told my son, I said, son, I could die in a tragic car accident. Me and daddy could go on a date tomorrow night and never come home. You and your brother and now baby Jay need Jesus more than you need me. Fear not, for I'm with thee. And we would fight. And we would take that word of God and we would pray. And we would say, Lord, your word says we're to fear not. Lord, we are calling out to you and we need you to help Jake to fear not the scary things that are in his head. Because that scary thing that's in his head is not real. But you know what? Satan uses it. Satan uses it along with these things to separate us. And I said, fear not, for I'm with thee. We would say, Lord, thank you for being with me. Thank you for being with me right here in my bed. Thank you for being with me when my mama's not with me. So we see we took the word of God, fear not, for I'm with thee, and we were praying it back to him. There's power in that, girls. It was a game changer for me. We're going to talk more about that too tomorrow. Learning to pray the word of God. Learning to plead the promises of God. That's what I was teaching my son to do, and that's what I'm challenging you to learn to do. As we take the Word of God and we pray the Word of God, we are strengthened in battle. We are equipped in battle as we rage against these dark things. This Word of God 
with prayer, you will win. You will have victory. So let's look at a few things. Now, we could talk all day long, okay? But what I want to do is I want to... I wanna, do y'all have these with you? Let's take them out. If you've got these, take them out. Because I want to show you. I wanna, I'm not going to do it for you. Do not do for children what they can do for themselves. That's my motto at home. And whatever cuties cards I've got, somebody will share with her. The first one I want you to go to is what, the one we've been looking at. Ephesians 6, 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. Okay, so these things aren't even the real enemy. The real enemy is the devil, the Satan. He also known as Lucifer. Got lots of names, okay? The prince of darkness, okay? He uses these things to separate us, to keep us beat down so that we won't make the most of every opportunity. He wants you afraid to speak to others about Jesus. He wants you to be eat up with regret and say, well, I can't share Jesus because I'm too big of a sinner. I've done too many dark and dirty things. God's not going to use me. That's, that's a lie. So if you flip over on the back there, it says, his people are flesh and blood. Blood. They persecute, betray, and hurt. But Christians must never forget the real battle is against Satan. So he's the real enemy. If there's girls who are mean to you at school, there's jealousy, there's comparison, they're not even your real enemy. People that hurt your family, Ms. Kathy and I talked about people, people that hurt your family, people that hurt our families, people that hurt us, they're not even the real enemy. Your parents that have disappointed you and broken your heart and left you and abandoned you, they're not even the real enemy. Satan is. And learning to separate the sin from the sinner is hard. It takes a lot of grace and growing in Christ to do that. I'm still learning that. But when I want to get mad at my son for getting up out of the bed for the umpteenth time to come tell me that he's afraid, I can't get mad at him. You know why? Because it's, it's not even Jake that's the bad guy not letting mama sleep. It's the enemy. And so I fight with Jake. I go to Jake's room, and, I, and we walk through that verse, Fear not, for I am with thee. And we call out to him. And if you've seen The War Room, have you seen The War Room? If you haven't, I recommend that you watch it. Because I'm going to tell you something. That lady in there, she's, it ain't no joke to her. Prayer's not a joke to her, and it's not, it's not a joke to me. And so I've taught Jake, and I've done it with him. I've done it for him, and now he's doing it by himself. We went to see, um, what did we go see? Um, Fallen World, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. It's wacky Wednesday my day. I think my hair's flexing up and get crazy on this. But um, we went to see that movie the other night. <clears throat> I should have known better. I should have known better. I should have read the reviews. Mom fell. Come home that night. He, torment, he was tormented. There's a creepy scene in that movie, blah, blah, blah. So we had to go through this. And I got up and I went with him and I said, son, look at me. I said, you know how to win this one. You know how to win this war. You take the word of God. And you speak it. And you pray it out loud. And you say, fear not, for I'm with thee. And you declare that this is the Lord's house. And that in, dark, in light there can be no darkness. And you tell the devil to take the train. Because there's power in Jesus' name. And I said, son, if you can't say anything else but just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. At his name, it says the demons flee. At the mention of his name, they flee. So girls, if you're in a bad place, 
The next time you or a friend thinks about cutting, just say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's power in his name. So I told Jake that, and I went to him, and I said, son, I love you. You're going to pray here, and you're going to fight here, and I'm going to go pray for you in my room. So I did that. I went back to bed, and I prayed myself to sleep. And the next morning over cereal, he's like, Mom, I won last night. I said, you won? He said, yep. I got up, and I got in the prayer hall, is what he called it. It was a new one on me. He said, Mom, I walked back and forth over my hall, across my bedroom, and I said, the, the devil, you're not welcome here. And I said, you better take the train and you better get out of here. And he, told, and he showed me what he did. And I hugged him and I praised him and I cried a little bit because I said, son, congratulations. That's how you win. That's how we fight. And I'm telling you girls, the word of God and prayer is how you're going to win and how we overcome darkness. And learning to do this. Okay, so let's look at a few things. We could look at <clears throat> some of these verses. And when it says to put on the whole armor of God. Actually, let's do that. Let's go and let's, let's read them as a whole. Go to... There we go. Right forth, verse 14. Stand therefore. I'm in, Ephesians, I'm in Ephesians chapter 6. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith when you, with you, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. These are fiery darts. Listen, let me show you what I've done in my Bible. I thought about drawing it up here, but I don't know if I could do it. I have actually drawn that right here in my Bible. And I would challenge you to draw that. You don't have to draw it in your Bible. But I went through there, and, and I've got on the helmet of salvation. So I just drew a little sketchy little helmet, and I wrote the word salvation. Because, again, I'm a visual, so that helps me to memorize the armor of God. So I have the helmet of salvation, okay? I know that I know that I know that I know Jesus. So when doubt comes and regrets come, and I do things that I shouldn't have done, I remember, no, Carmen, you know Jesus. We slip and we fall, and we're not perfect. And I'm going to ask him to forgive me for slipping and falling and doing something or saying something that didn't honor him. But I know that I'm saved. I know that I know that I'm saved. The helmet of salvation. And it's not my righteousness. You see the righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness? It's not my righteousness that makes me good. It's not my righteousness that makes me strong. It's not my righteousness that wins against those battles. It's his righteousness. The righteousness of Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, cleansed me and made me clean and wants to make you clean. And you look at, I, I shod my feet with peace. That means we're to walk in peace as much as we can. Somebody bullying you? I'm not saying bullying's right. Bullying's wrong. And you do need to tell an adult. But if you're the bully and you profess Christ, uh-uh. There's, 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 some, there's some conflict there. You can't be the bully and walk in peace, having shod your feet with peace. That's a contradiction. So if you're bullying, stop. Listen, I got my boys the other day. We, when we, the day we went to see that movie, there was one little quiet guy. I had, had ten boys with me. And there was one little quiet one. Boy, there was one of them that just jumped on him and was just anything and everything, just poking at him, just yeah, yeah. I said, I'm going to give you about a second. I whispered it to him. I said, you better back off. I said, I'm going to get my boys on you. And I told Tucker and Jake, I said, stop that. Y'all make that stop. Because peers are the best teachers. And I don't want to be a helicopter mom. 
I, it's best when they can work it out. But I tell my boys, I was like, y'all know better. Y'all know better than to let these, that, that boy treat that other one that way. You better speak up for that young man because he's a guest in our home. And my boys did. They called their friend off. They said, quit, quit messing with him. Leave him alone. That's all it took for my boys to just say, hey, back off. Back off. Leave him alone. Yeah, he's more shy. He doesn't have as much to say. Back off. If you're bullying, stop it. If you see it going on, speak up and say, back off. Leave him alone. Sometimes that's all it takes, y'all. Kate's brother and my son, Tucker, six weeks apart, fought like pit bulls. Fought like pit bulls. Her, her brother outweighs Tucker by about 50 pounds, and he'll just jump on Tucker sometimes, jump, 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 jump. And you know what? They had to go to blows one day. I stayed out of it, left him alone. And he would. He'd bully, bully, bully. And I said, you know what? You're going to have to stand up for yourself. Sometimes it just takes you standing up for yourself one time and saying, hey, I ain't putting up with this anymore. Stop treating me that way. Stop talking to me that way. I'm not doing it. Sometimes it just takes being brave and bold. And how do we do that? You say, Lord, make me bold and courageous. Many make me bold and brave like David was when he faced that giant. Strengthen me, Lord, as you strengthened David. Just standing up for the truth. That's shedding light on dark things. That's how we win. When you go into, and, and, and we go down through here, depression and anxiety. Listen, the battle is in our minds. My son Tucker, he is a pessimist. What does that mean? He sees a glass, instead of half full, he sees it half empty. He's, he's kind of, I don't know if y'all know Droopy Dog, the old character, the cartoon character, Droopy Dog. He's kind of like Droopy Dog. Everything's kind of sad. I'm like, you are so depressing. But I tell him all the time, I say, son, the battle's in your mind. The battle is for your mind. The Lord is the joy of, he is the joy of my salvation. Where is your joy? Okay, so we take that and we say, Lord, and, and listen, you can't. You say, well, Miss Carmen, all these sound good. How do you know these things? You've got to spend time in here. You remember that date with God? That's how you build your artillery. That's how you build your toolbox of tools for when you go into battle. You've got to spend time here. You've got, that's why they're challenging you to memorize these. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It says a helmet protects our brain. Since we fight most of our battles in our mind, the assurance of salvation defeats our doubts. Remember, we just talked about that. For, the, for Christians, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. So when you are up against these things or your friends are up against these things, you've got to know the Word of God because the Word of God is what helps you win. You take the Word of God and the Word of God cuts. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God is alive. It teaches and corrects and rebukes. And every word is God-breathed. And every word is true. And every word... This is not an old, dusty textbook that's outdated and overrated. It's not. It's very applicable. If you want to win against darkness, you've got to shine the light of truth on these things. And this is how you do it. This is the battle plan. You read these this week with, a, with this in mind. As you study these today and tomorrow, go, okay, as shoes for your, as, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Well, what does that mean? Peace with God through Jesus gives us security in the face of Satan's accusations. Tell the truth. Somebody accuses you of telling the lie. If you know that you've told the truth, 
You rest in that. You be honest. You be truthful. You be kind. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. That's the evidence that you know that you know that you know Jesus. Okay? But we can take each one of these and apply it to these. And we can take this and over this, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can win. Y'all, how do we stop school shootings? For standing up for truth and exposing the darkness with light. The light of truth, the light of love, the light of kindness. The fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Listen, you know why people are shooting anybody? They don't have self-control. You know how we talked yesterday, how you can do everything in a minute? You can get your toilet paper in 24 hours. You can order your Chick-fil-A before you get there. And we talked about in your spiritual life, you go into your spiritual life and you try to, you try to pray and you want things to happen. Listen, some things take time. Listen, if you see, if you see a situation at your school or you see something festering and you see somebody and just over time they're more and more withdrawn and angry, reach out to them. Befriend them. Maybe they're angry. Maybe they think no one cares about them. Maybe they're waiting on you to be bold and courageous and befriend them and to talk with them. And then they wouldn't fester, fester, fester until they feel like they've just got to go and blow the school up. So many of these school shootings and suicide are by individuals who feel lonely, forgotten, you guys, it doesn't take long to look somebody in the face and by the power of the Holy Spirit to look at them and really look at them and go and know if they're okay. I see some of you. I've been, I've been following you around camp. You don't even know it. I've been stalking you. You're not okay. Some of you are not okay. You're depressed. You're anxious. Some of you have considered suicide. I'm not naive enough to not think that. You're here to have fun. You're not really here to learn about Jesus. I, I, I know. I see it in your face. Body language don't lie. Mine don't anyways. But we rage not against flesh and blood. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, Jesus said. I have overcome that's what I have to say lots of times when I hear the news. My, my husband loves the news. I'm like, I can't take anymore. Whoop, my full, I'm full. I can't hear anymore today. And I have to say that verse. Lord, oh my goodness, we are in trouble. This world is troubled. I told Kathy, I went to Applebee's the other night. And I had to get in the car and I was like, oh Lord, we are troubled. Come Lord Jesus, come I say. We are troubled. But take heart, Carmen. Don't give up, Carmen. Don't give up, campers. Don't give up, counselors. Because Jesus has overcome. Jesus has overcome. So if you know that you know that you know him, in the end, we win. And we want our friends to win. We're going to talk more about this today, but right now I want us to pray. Lord, you know the darkness that's in this room. You know these heavy bricks and burdens that these kids are carrying around. By your grace, Lord, help us unpack these and leave those things here today. We don't have to carry these things around anymore. We don't have to be alone. We don't have to feel dirty. Father, because you came and you offered us a free gift of eternal life through your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for forgiving me of the many things I've done wrong. 
Father, I pray now, as humbly as I know how, that you would call these kids to repentance. If there's somebody here who's done some of these things, Lord, help them to, for, to ask for your forgiveness, to repent, to say, Lord, forgive me for the suicidal thoughts I've had. Forgive me for letting Satan win in my head and make me depressed and anxious because your word tells me I'm not supposed to worry about anything but pray about everything. Father, help these campers to win. Help them to shine light, the light of your truth into these dark places. God, give them victory. Help them to remember to put on the armor of God every day. Not leave it at home on the rack or on the shelf. God, we want victory at Camp Tapawingo this week. Give us victory. Even now we pray, Lord, as we submit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Girls, if you need to, if you need to repent, if you've done some of these things, if you've been carrying it around and you are exhausted, you can leave it here today. You can say, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me, and leave it, and you can leave here. Burdens lifted, afresh and anew. Okay? All right, Miss Kat.